Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Thank you for joining us here. I'm Micah. This is Sarah. We're the lead pastors at the Vine Church, and we are honored to get to spend this time with you. So big things are happening in our community, really throughout the nation yes, right now. Are. Uh, but we, one of the last few states to be lifting mask mandates and things, mm -hmm. are entering a new era very soon. As of later this week, uh, those will be lifted, mm -hmm. and things will look a little bit different around our, our weekly gatherings. We are inviting people to come and to enjoy those gatherings without masks. Of course, those that feel um, a little bit more vulnerable or for whatever reason feel like they'd like to wear masks are welcome to continue to do that. We'll continue together safely and we just want you to know you are invited. We hope that you can join us in person in the near future. Absolutely. So today we continue in our series in 1 John as we look at what it looks like to live as Jesus lived and as we were talking about this this week and thinking about it i was thinking back on my childhood so as many of you know i grew up in africa because my parents were missionaries um, in africa and i remember we moved to africa when i was six but before we actually moved to where we were going we spent three months in cameroon learning how to live in rural africa because as you can imagine it's quite different than what we had been used to beforehand. And so I remember snippets from that time. I was six years old. I remember camping out um, overnight without a tent and we had to build our own shelter. I remember spending a few months in this village and we lived in a two-room mud hut. And, and there's one night specifically that that came to mind because I don't remember the details of ordinary life, which I'm sure there was a lot to get used to, no running water, no electricity, things like that. But I remember one night specifically, I was woken up in the night by my mom um, screaming out in alarm. She was like, huh, huh, huh. and we we're like, what's going on? And as kids, you know, we do, we, we're getting out of bed to go see what's going on. And by getting out of bed, I mean untucking the mosquito net that was around our mattresses because that's how we went to bed. We tucked in the mosquito net to keep the bugs off of us. And I hear my, my dad yelling, stay in your bed. Whatever you do, don't get out of bed. And at this point, we're like freaking out. We'll find out what happened was um, uh, a colony of army ants was moving and our hut that we were staying in was in their way. <laughs> and instead of going around the hut, they came through the hut and, and my mom felt, felt the consequences of that. We were all fine. And by morning they were gone, but we would never have experienced that had we not been there in Cameroon. And so today we're, we're going to talk about living as Jesus and living differently. It, it just reminds me how challenging it is sometimes and how intentional we need to be about learning new ways of living. Okay, so we've been in the series in First John for a number of weeks mm -hmm. now, and um, we've talked about uh, fellowship, a community that is centered around Jesus, that is the church. We talked about light and darkness, mm -hmm. uh, and we'll see a little bit more of that today, but primarily today, we're going to dig into this text, uh, beginning in First John chapter 2, verse 3, um, living like Jesus. We know that we have come to know him. If we keep his commands, whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, 
Love for God is truly made complete in them. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Dear friends, I am writing you a new command. Not I am not writing you a new command, but an old one, which you have had since the beginning. This old command is the message you have heard. Yet I am writing you a new command. Its truth is seen in him and in you, because the darkness is passing and the true light is already shining. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates his brother or sister is still in the darkness. Anyone who loves their brother or sister lives in the light, and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother or sister is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. And John is very poetic. You see that in here. He, there's lots of little tangents. I love, love this text and can't wait to dive into it. You know, he starts off by saying, by talking about knowing God. He says, we know that we have come to know God, to know him if we keep his commands. And you know, from the very beginning of this text, I, I'm struck by this phrase, knowing God. You know, as Jesus followers, as God followers, we talk about knowing God a lot. And I think it's such a familiar concept that we lose just the awe and the wonder of it, that the God of the universe, the creator of the universe can be known and wants to be known by us. So what does this phrase mean to, to know God? It's not just to know facts about God or to know information about God, but actually to be in relationship with God, to live in community with God. We talked about fellowship with God a couple weeks ago. I'm struck yeah. by um, the idea of knowing someone and then really knowing someone. Yeah. So um, your favorite movie star or a, an, an anchor on a news program that you watch mm -hmm. regularly, it feels as though we know them, right? We, we get these occasional candid moments or um, we listen to them so regularly that it feels like we know them. But we don't know that person, right? right? This speaks of a depth of knowledge and relationship far beyond the I have seen or I have some cognitive mm -hmm. understanding of. This speaks to a relationship with God. Absolutely. And we are invited into this relationship with God, with the creator God. You know, in John the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 18, John writes this. This is the same author as this letter. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only Son, that is Jesus, who is himself God and is in close relationship with God, has made, with the Father, has made him known. That Jesus came to earth to make God known, that we have the, the opportunity and the privilege to know God. And here in this section, John says that for those who know God, then here's how you'll know this. You'll know you know God by keeping his commands. And so he's saying, remember, it's not just about knowledge of God or facts, knowing about God, but it's being in relationship with God. It's living in community with God. And so that's going to affect how we live. Yeah. And, and if we know God, we're going to keep his commands and his love is made complete in us. In fact, how we should demonstrate 
our love for God is through our obedience to God's word. Absolutely. So in verse six, this is kind of the the crux of the section Mm -hmm. that we're going to look at today. He says, whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Now that translation is found in the NIV. Mm -hmm. Other translations do this slightly differently because what's interesting is the two words for live that we read in the NIV are actually two different words in Greek. The first one um, pertains to abiding in. So uh, it is to remain in or to stay in. And the second word we use, we read as live here, uh, speaks of to walk like or to walk with, to live in a particular way. And so um, what he's saying here, if we if we swap those words out, in fact, the NRSV uh, kind of swaps these out for us. It says, whoever claims to abide in Jesus must walk as Jesus does. It speaks to the consistency of living, abiding in Jesus, as well as the day-to-day action of then walking in the rhythms of Jesus as well. So it's not just about Sunday morning, is <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm gathering. It's not just about Sunday morning. Uh, John is going to continue, and there's this interesting little paragraph that, to be honest, it's a little bit convoluted and confusing at times. He he speaks of, hey, I'm not writing you a new command, but it's an old one, but also it's a new command. And he doesn't actually even say in there what the command is. Um, but here John is referring to a central theme in this letter that we're going to see throughout this letter. And, and that theme, that commandment is love one another. And Jesus in John, the gospel of John 13 verses 34 through 35 speaks of this command. And so this is what John is referring to as he, he writes about this new command. That's an old command because they already knew about it. Um, here's what Jesus says in John 13. Jesus said, a new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. And if you remember back at the beginning of our conversation about this letter, there's some division going on in the church and there's people going different directions and not demonstrating the love of Jesus. And here John is saying, hey, live as Jesus lived. Remember that new command that you already heard about that Jesus gave us? Jesus said, love one another. In fact, he said, as I have loved you, you now must love each other, which goes along with what you were saying, live as Jesus loved, as Jesus lived. So as Jesus is saying, this is how you'll know, uh, people will know that you're my disciples if you love each other and live life the way I lived life. I wonder if the newness in the command, since the command itself is not new, but he speaks of it as a new mm-hmm. command. I wonder if he's speaking about the newness growing, developing relationship that is the loving body within yeah. the church. And then he goes on to kind of contrast that idea of love with hatred towards a brother or sister in Christ in verse nine and, and the next couple of verses. And he speaks of this idea of light and darkness. Now we dealt with that in some detail last week, but what's interesting is he's, he's going to keep returning turning to some of these themes like light and darkness. He says, if you claim to walk in the light and yet you hate your brother or your sister, you are stumbling around in the dark. Um, what, what he's describing here is a deep and a substantial bond that is found in Christ. 
uh, amongst brothers and sisters, uh, among believers, amongst the church. It, it is, in a broader sense, in a broader biblical sense, the idea of a triune God, a God who exists in community. Um, often we refer to, refer to the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, but a God who exists in community has demonstrated love and invited us mm-hmm. into both community relationship with himself and with each other. As followers of Jesus, uh, the love of God has defined and will guide our relationships and our interactions specifically with each other. There is a depth of love that will be experienced only in the context of a Christ-centered community. And so in here, he warns us, he reminds us the way of of Jesus, the way way to walk in the way of Jesus is to walk in love. And he says, look amongst yourselves. Does hatred exist? That's stuff of the darkness. You are stumbling around blindly if hatred exists in the context of a community that is to be centered on Jesus and a God who is love. Yeah, and, and remember from the beginning, we were created to be God's image bearers, to be, to be demonstrate who he is mm-hmm. to the world. And if he is love, then... We should be bearing that image. That should be what is reflected mm-hmm. out of our lives. So John continues. Let's continue reading together. We're in 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 12. I'm writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I am writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I am writing to you, dear children, because you know the Father. And I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong and the word of God lives in you and you have overcome the evil one. Okay, so it's kind of poetic and uh, repetitive yes. in nature. He speaks to children and to fathers and to young men and then repeats that cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be a little bit distracting or confusing. Why is he just talking to the men? Well, first of all, it's a patriarchal society and that would be fairly common. But secondly, I'm not sure that's really primarily the point that he's mm-hmm. speaking specifically to fathers or to young men or to children. Keep in mind, he's been as kind of a grandfatherly figure in the church, speaking of the audience, the church, as children. He keeps Mm -hmm. saying, dear children. So maybe instead of speaking specifically of children, uh, the age, a young person, uh, he's speaking to the people. He's saying, people, listen, people whom Mm -hmm. I care about, my children, listen to what I'm saying. And and in fact, the New Living Translation uh, translates this differently. Mm -hmm. Instead of fathers, it speaks to those who are mature in the faith. Mm -hmm. And instead of young men, it speaks to those who are young in their faith. And so maybe this is a repetitive rhythm of saying, all of you, my children, Mm -hmm. to the mature, to those who are young in their faith. And he's trying to reiterate or clarify for them some really important points, which once we look at every other line, we can kind of hone in on. Right. So what is John saying in this section? He's saying, you know, God, the father who is from the beginning, you know, Jesus, who is also from the beginning because he's God. And Jesus is the reason that your sins are forgiven. And he says, the word of God lives in you and and in God you are strong and you are overcoming the world. So in the midst of all this confusion and division, John is affirming their identity in Jesus and says, this is who you are. 
You know God who's from the beginning. You know Jesus. Your sins are forgiven. God's word lives in you and you are strong because of God. You can overcome the evil one. Okay, so he's spoken of the family, right, mm-hmm. um, of the followers of Jesus and the and the deep and loving community that it is to be. And now he's going to speak of the world. In, in chapter 2, verse 15, we begin. He says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world uh, and its desires pass away, but whoever does the will of God lives forever. So there's a pretty, pretty strong statement at the beginning of this paragraph. Mm -hmm. You know, John says, do not love the world or anything in the world. Now, I don't know what you think of when you hear that right off the bat, but what I think of is like, wait a second, John three sixteen. I, I memorized this verse when I was a kid. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. And so if God loves the world, how if, are we not to love exactly the world? Exactly. Right. What do you mean? Don't love the world or anything in it. And so it's really important to kind of look at the words used here and the meanings, the ways that they're used. So this word for world, cosmum, uh, John uses it all the time. And in fact, just in this very letter, it's in here 23 different times. And it has a variety of meanings depending on the context. So it's the same word, but you have to look at the context. It can mean like place or location, like a geographically, like where you live, part of the world. It can refer to unbelieving people. So people who are unbelievers. It can also refer to the values or attitudes that are opposing God. The worldly, when it's used in that way, those are the values and attitudes opposing God. And in this context, it makes complete sense for it to be that third definition, Mm -hmm. the values and the attitudes that oppose God. And so John uh, is going to even further elaborate on this in verse 16 when he speaks of the lust of the flesh or the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. He's talking about sinful cravings here and covetous desires or or boastfulness in, in riches and in possessions. And John is saying, hey, don't love that stuff. Like that's not of God. Those attitudes are not aligned with the kingdom of God. This is not what the love of God looks like. Mm -hmm. So we see a number of contrasts in here. He speaks of light and darkness. Mm -hmm. He speaks of love versus hate. We see a contrast here of walking in the way of Jesus or walking in the ways of the world. As we zoom out here and just kind of look at and listen to the entire text that we've engaged today, um, we see this central theme. Uh, As followers of Jesus, Mm -hmm. we are invited to live as Jesus did, to walk in the way that Jesus walked. You know, as Jesus began his ministry, he calls disciples to himself. He says, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. Your life will change drastically. And so they do. And and the role of a disciple was to follow, Mm -hmm. to do the things their rabbi did, to to learn the things and, and learn to teach the things that their rabbi taught, to take upon their rabbi's way. Um, in their own lives and live that out. And and so the message here today is the same. Uh, John is encouraging us as followers of Jesus live in the way that Jesus lived. He specifies things like a deep love for uh, for the church, for fellow believers. um, And he speaks of what it looks like to walk 
in light. It is not a way of hatred. The way of Jesus is a way of love, and we are invited to walk in the ways Jesus did. You know, what really strikes me as I study and and read this scripture is just the importance of realizing that our faith in Jesus changes every part of our lives. It's not an isolated, compartmentalized thing. It influences everything. There's not one part of our life that should remain untouched because it's not just about our, our intellect or, our, or not just about our heart or our actions or our words. It's about all of it, that God desires all of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we see that all over scripture. Love the Lord your God with everything you've got with heart, your heart, soul, mind, soul, yeah. all of it. Um, and so we are called on this journey, uh, this lifelong, all-encompassing journey of walking with God. And we're asked to continually yield to this transformative love of God and His plan for our lives. And as as we do that, as we practice the way of Jesus, and as we yield to God's will and to God's love, we are transformed by the Holy Spirit to become more and more like Jesus. Absolutely. You know, central to our church from the very beginning um, was the idea of belong, believe, become, mm-hmm. and in that order. And that began because, you know, we'd been a part of faith communities and experienced things in which mm-hmm. it kind of felt like the church, uh, the, the church's posture in the world was, if you look like us, mm-hmm. if you behave like us, if you act like us, then you can be a part of us. And we look at the way of Jesus, and it looked very different to us. Uh, Jesus, like he, as he calls his disciples, he says, just come follow, and you will experience transformation. And so out of that concept, we came up with this idea of belong, believe, become. Belong. That wherever you're at in your faith journey or your walk of life, you're invited to belong in this community. Now, we believe in Jesus. We are people who believe that Jesus is the hope for this world. And together, we will continue to explore who Jesus is and what it looks like to walk in his ways. And then finally, become. As we walk in the ways of Jesus, the Spirit transforms our lives that we might become more like him, more like Jesus. And I hear John speaking. These are all biblical themes of belong, believe, become. And I hear John speaking especially to this final one, the the becoming. Walk in the ways of Jesus, allowing the the Spirit to transform us that we would become more like him in this world. So... With that, we want an extend, we want to extend an invitation to those of you who, who worship with us on Sundays, who, who tune in online. We want you to know that we are a community centered around Jesus and that you are invited to explore who Jesus is and follow Jesus with us. And we get to do that in community and help each other and be there for each other. And so if you're new, to this Jesus thing and you want to explore more, we want to invite you to come and explore with us. If you've been thinking about baptism, this beautiful um, way that you publicly commit to and surrender to Jesus. And if you're interested in being baptized, we would love for you to let us know and, and get to walk alongside you in that. If you want to explore scripture, 
and and do some Bible studies together, join some small groups. We're actually, as we're opening up in the process of starting more Bible studies and starting more small groups, and we're looking for people who want to lead those or people who want to host for those types of events. And so just want to extend an invitation. We are community centered around Jesus, doing the best we can to walk in the way of Jesus, the way of love, and you are invited. Mm -hmm. Let's pray about that as we close out. God, thank you for the day. Thank you for time to um, look at scripture. Uh, This letter written by John to the churches, thank you that 2,000 years later, we get to glean from it, know more of you because of it. And God, may that knowledge not just be on a head level, but in uh, a transformed life. So help us to walk in the way of Jesus, in the way of love. Help us to know community centered on Jesus that is different than anything else we can find in this world. And in knowing that, God, we invite transformation in our lives Mm. that we might be more like him, more like Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you have a wonderful week. Bye, everyone.